You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello there and welcome along to the OTI Podcast. It is Super Bowl week. We are here. We are ready. We are going to be talking about Super Bowl 52. And to do that, I'm going to be joined by Jeff Reinbold in just a few moments. You'll know him from the Sky Sports NFL coverage of special teams coordinator in the CFL up there in Canada. And he's over covering the game for Sky Sports NFL. So we'll be talking to him live from Radio Row. So looking forward to sharing his thoughts in just a couple of moments. As always, starting off the show, thank you very much for coming along and listening to the OTI Podcast whether it's your first time whether you're a long time listener make sure you hit that subscribe button whether you're listening on itunes or stitcher or tune in all the different ways just listen to it in your favorite podcast app so many different ways you can listen to the show and it is much much appreciated for each and every one of you who do come along and tune in on a weekly basis it's been a busy week for myself personally on the podcast and front five shows recorded this week one each day and we've been really piling them up a lot of rotoviz content going up this week along with this oti show of course so i have to bring you my own show then all the work over at rotoviz so four shows for them one show for here so check them all out plenty of content coming your way courtesy of myself uh, this week just before we get to jeff i just want to mention a few quick plugs of course uh, i mentioned each and every week here we do the show the nfl europe link you save 10 percent off all orders at their website this is a perfect time to do it the Super Bowl is here whether it's this week or next week lots of great merchandise up there whether your team's in the big game or not all you have to do is use our link and I tweet that out on a regular basis it's also up there on the OTI website which is overtimeireland.com click on the link for NFL Shop Europe on the affiliates link and then when you go to check out it automatically discounts 15% off all orders this is exclusive to OTI when you're at that affiliates link there's lots of different ones up there there's Audible, Amazon just so many different ways just go and check it out they all kick a little bit back here to Overtime Ireland and of course during the season we linked up with DraftKings as they launched here in Ireland they are obviously already in the UK and they are obviously, obviously, obviously already in the USA. So check them out if you're signing up. You can get a free €3 Euro entry with your first deposit when you use the code OTI as the promo code. So a few couple of promos there just to get them out of the way. They do help us here at Overtime Ireland as they kick a little bit back to us. Help keep us improving the show, improving the content and working hard at it. So with all the plugs out of the way... Delighted to be joined now on the show by Jeff Reinbold, who you can follow on Twitter at Jeff underscore Reinbold. Jeff is part of the great coverage for the NFL UK fans over here with the uh, Sky Sports NFL coverage. has been a major part of uh, the content over the last kind of five or six years and a major part of growing the game over here as it grows more and more each and every season. But Jeff is over there uh, in Minneapolis uh, here for the Super Bowl. He's down there on Radio Row. Jeff, uh, how's it going, my man? It's going really well, and I appreciate that. It, it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun these last years to watch this game grow and watch the appetite for the game grow in the U.K. and in Ireland. And uh, I think everybody, all of us, have had a hand in it. Yeah, and uh, I have to say, uh, it's been much too long since the last time with you on. I was looking up, uh, January 2016 was the last time, Jeff. I know we've both been busy, and uh, I was actually in Australia the last time we'd done a show, so I'm back in Ireland. But we're always in different places in the world, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Canada, now you're in the US. It just could be anywhere at any time, so uh, it's good to have you back aboard the show. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl here, and then we're going to talk a bit about the trade that has happened over the last couple of days with Alex Smith. So, a good, good little bit to, to talk into here, so... Uh, obviously, you're down, I mentioned, on Radio Row. What has the uh, atmosphere down there been like over the last couple of days? Well, you know, I'd always kind of the typical Super Bowl. It's, it's a build. Monday and Tuesday are a little bit quiet. Wednesday it starts to get 
heats up a little bit. Now, Thursday, today and tomorrow is going to be madness. You go around <laughs> Radio Row and it is, you know, it's, it's almost surreal, the amount of players that you see. I talked to Ricky Hundley, a former first-round draft choice of the Bengals, that had once in two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos this morning. Kyle Turley, seventh player picked in the draft that, you know, I don't know if fans can remember Kyle was a great offensive lineman, got in a fight in the game and ripped a giant a jet helmet off and threw it about 60 yards on the field. So they want to Google that one. That's kind of fun to watch. So, you know, it's, it's been amazing. It's for a football guy. This is, this is Nirvana because it's all here. All the hall of fame broadcasters, all of fame players, hall of fame coaches. And, uh, you know, it, I'm just really humbled and pleased to have a chance to be part of it. Yeah, and again, like you fits, uh, fits right in there, Jeff. I was looking at your Twitter just uh, briefly before we started recording here. I seen you were doing a bit of ziplining over there, <laughs> over there today. Hey, well, wait, wait a second now. Let me let me just say that sometimes when you're working for the team, you got to take one for the team. And uh, the our production people from Sky said, "Hey, why don't you guys uh, we can zipline across the Mississippi River, 800 feet above the Mississippi River?" I said, uh, "Would you be interested?" I said. Nope. And they said, oh, come on. I said, all right. But it was calm. Minus 31 degrees. And we are ziplining across the Mississippi River. So if you want to go to my Twitter account, you can get an actual live hit of that. It was, I would say, uh, invigorating would be the right term. Yeah, you're just lucky that uh, while sliding down that zipline, it didn't uh, freeze in place. At least uh, you got to the other side. It would have been, it'd have been quite the experience to get uh, stuck in the middle, to be, be, be dangling there and have to be rescued. So at least you made it to, to the far side. That would have been no place to be, my brother. No place to be. So uh, obviously uh, moving on to the game this weekend, uh, Super Bowl 52, uh, we have the Eagles obviously minus uh, their actual starting quarterback, potential MVP candidate in Carson Wentz. We have Nick Foles who was absolutely uh, magnificent uh, in the conference championship game against the Vikings. So we're probably going to see something between what we've seen uh, at the end of the season where he wasn't good and uh, that game where he was absolutely amazing. Uh, We'll probably see somewhere in the middle of that. But I think with the Eagles and their game plan, that is what they uh, would be happy with, I think, at this point in time. But overall, just uh, both teams the strengths obviously for the Eagles are up front on both sides of the ball on the offensive line and the defensive line then of course the Patriots have the massive advantage at the quarterback position I think even though Doug Peterson has done a great job uh, this season with the Eagles you have to give the coaching to Bill Belichick as well so I think on paper I think I give the better actual overall roster to the Eagles but I think then when you go with the experience with the coach with the quarterback everything that's rolled into that you have to go with the Patriots but I think this game is going to be very very close how do you see it all breaking down what's your key area for the the outcome of this one well i think there are a lot of factors that you just mentioned that are really really true now you got to remember though and this is what makes football and, and nfl football so unique this is not a best of five this is not a best of seven this is not a you know two game aggregate scores this is one game 60 minutes and it's over and you know in those kinds of games the talent, just pure talent level can be nullified by, you know, playing solid football. I, I, the Patriots, let's be honest, the Patriots and the Eagles, you match up the two rosters, and in almost every case in the starting 22, you're going to take the Eagle guy over the Patriots, just in terms of pure athleticism, you know, those kinds of things. However, the Patriots play so well together. They're so unselfish. Uh, they have such great belief in Tom Brady that, you know, I, I think in a game like this, they have to have the edge. Now, 
I will tell you this, after being here and being around the Eagles and around the Eagles coaches today in particular, a number of them I sat with, the guys I've known and worked with in the past, there is no fear, and I mean no fear, in the Eagles going into Sunday. And I think that they are going to play extremely hard and extremely well. I think they'll come. I think it's going to come down to how the game starts. Because if the Patriots can get up by 10 or so, then it's going to be tough on the Eagles because they're just not built to play from behind. However, if they can stay close, they've got a great chance because they're big and physical. Um, you know, they should be better on both sides of the ball on the offensive and defensive line. You know, they've got some guys that can match up in the secondary. Gronkowski's health is obviously going to be a big key. But, you know, I, I really think the game is, is going to be much closer than people are predicting. Yeah, I think it is going to be a lot closer. And uh, the betting lines out there in Vegas have uh, started to move that way as well over the last couple of days. But when we look at these teams, and actually you mentioned there if the, if the Eagles can get a lead. Well, maybe that plays into the Patriots' hands the way we've seen over the last couple of seasons. We've seen them against the Jaguars come back. We've seen them last year in the Super Bowl. And the, the Super Bowl or any game can change in such a, a quick amount of time. We've seen last year with the Patriots obviously coming back late on in just the fourth quarter, their performance. And I've seen so far with the Patriots uh, in those seven Super Bowls that they've appeared in, they've yet to score in the first quarter so maybe that does uh, tend to be a little bit more favorable towards the Eagles both these teams have been extremely efficient this season on offense ranking uh, with the Patriots sixth overall in terms of team efficiency and then we have uh, the Eagles coming in in fifth in terms of team efficiency throughout the league but the interesting one here Jeff while I have you on obviously you've been uh, a special teams coordinator yourself special teams efficiency for both these teams uh, the Patriots uh, which who are always very solid in this regard were third overall throughout the 32 teams in the league but then we have the Eagles who have been very strong over the last number of years but finished exactly in the middle of the pack this year 16th uh, how do you think uh, special teams could come into this one we know bill belichick puts a huge emphasis on that area well i think that's going to be key and you mentioned you know the fact that they it's about efficiency it's about changing the field you may not make a touchdown you may not block a punt but you know it's the pressure that you put on and you know let's go back one week it's the fourth quarter Jaguars are fighting like crazy, trying to stay in the lead. Uh, Patriots score, you know, and, and get it close. You know, they I, and I said this on the broadcast. I said, if you watch, they're going to kick the ball off right to the goal line to make them bring it out, not give them the opportunity to, to uh, you know, get the touchback and get it at the twenty-five. They're going to tackle them inside the twenty, and that's what we call complementary football. Well. Doggone if the exact thing doesn't happen. I think they tackled him about 13. They went two and out. The punter hit a line drive on, you know, punt to Andola. He took it, you know, probably about 15 or 18 yards on the return. So Tom Brady goes out there on the 38 yard line to score the winning touchdown. Well, that's not fair. I mean, you know, you, you just can't do that, you know, to your defense. But that's what the Patriots, that's one of the ways the Patriots win. They're like a bullet constrictor. They get on you, and then they just keep squeezing and keep the pressure on and keep the pressure on and keep the pressure on, and eventually they get you. Yeah, and uh, over the last couple of games as well, maybe in the Super Bowl last year we could touch on it, and then again we've seen the Jaguars this year. We've definitely seen it with the Titans uh, as the Patriots really pulled away in that second half against them. But uh, the Patriots seem to, with the short passing game, with the run game being incorporated in there, they've really, as the game goes on, tired out teams, I think, on defense, defense not allowing uh, teams to substitute, trying to get up to the line quickly. And, you know, we've seen the Eagles be a team who have been very consistent all year long on defense, eighth in efficiency throughout it uh, in terms of pass defense 
defence, they were fifth overall, so really good there. They're really strong against the run. But do you see this being another case where the, the Patriots try and tire them out? The, the one area you see compared to those other teams where I think the Eagles do have an advantage is they do have depth across that defensive line where we've seen the day the Titans only st- uh, dressed, I think it was four defensive linemen, obviously that there didn't work in their favour. So the Eagles, do you think they can keep up to the pace and keep up to try and uh, match up with this Patriots offence? Yeah, you know, I sat and talked to Jim Schwartz the other day, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, and I asked him frankly, I said, you know, Jim, here, here's the thing. I watch Brady, and I watch the way he uses tempo. So, for example, if they get a, you know, if they get a, a second, let's say they're second and seven, and they get an incompletion, he'll immediately take them to the line of scrimmage and get them in no huddle. And the reason he does that is that it forces the opposition to not substitute their pass rushers in. So, you know, it's those are the kinds of things. And then also, if you watch Philadelphia, Philadelphia likes to play a lot of people. They roll defensive linemen through. Well, when you're making those personnel substitutions, especially uh, if the Patriots – this and this is important that fans grasp this. If the Patriots make a personnel substitution, say, for example, they take a tight end out, put a running back in, the, the Eagles will have the opportunity to match that personnel group, right? They, they can't be, you know, they, they can't be quick snap. They have the ability to make substitutions. But where New England makes it so hard on you is they stay with, typically they're an 11 personnel team, which means they're a tight end, a running back, and three wide receivers. They'll stay with that and give you all the formations and all the permutations, but that keeps you, as long as they don't substitute and they go right to the line, you're, you know, now you can't substitute on defense because if you get caught, they, you know, they can get you for, for uh, too many men on the field, all those other things. So that's where, again, this, the, uh, just the veteran uh, leadership, the veteran savvy, the understanding of the game that, the Patriots have in Tom Brady is really, really, really a big, big edge. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to watch that. I think they've really used that to their advantage, particularly this season. They started to use it a lot of last season, so we'll see if that comes into play here. Both teams uh, defensively have had issues trying to uh, you know, stop the, the pass over the middle of the defense, and particularly for the Eagles, it's the deep middle where they've had trouble, so uh, we'll see if uh, Gronkowski, who has cleared concussion protocol just before uh, we recorded this, uh, that's obviously a key target area for him but the Patriots as well uh, they have struggled to, to stop those you know short to intermediate passes over the middle as well who do you think comes up uh, and, and wins that or you know obviously with Nick Foles the, the Patriots will try and take away any advantages they think that the quarterback might be able to gain so do you think the Patriots will maybe game plan for that try and uh, make Foles go deep but obviously we've seen he was able to go deep against the Vikings well you know it, I, it's amazing this, we're having this conversation because, like you're reading my my notes from this morning, uh, <laughs> when I went into the when I went into the Eagles today to, to sit with the coaches, Mike Grow, the, the receiver coach, and I talked. I said, Mike, I looked at, I charted every one of Foles' throws this year, and prior to last week, he had not completed a ball that traveled 20 yards in the air, not one, and so. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, what do you do against a guy like that? Well, you, you crowd him and you make the throws tough for him. But last week he had four completions that where the ball traveled over 30 yards in the game. And Mike talked about how they, in their offense, and in in how they call 
call the game, know that they have to take shots down the field. <laughs> they have to get explosive plays. What I think is more critical than anything else for the Eagles is to stay ahead on the chain. Don't get into those third and longs where he has to drop back and and lead the full field and throw the ball down the field. If they can, if they can stay on first and ten, second and five, third and four, those are downs that are easier to win certainly for Nick Foles. He can run the RPOs, he can run the play action, they can control the linebackers with that. If they get into those third and longs and the run game's out and the draws out, then you're looking at a, a real, real tough, tough night for the quarterback because all of the you know, all the undercoverage stuff is is available to the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, like you know, before the the conference championship, that was all the talk with the him struggling with the deep ball. Obviously, then that went uh, into a completely different narrative against one of the best defenses in the NFL. So we'll see what happens this week uh, in the Super Bowl. I think we'll see a lot of JJ in this one in particular, and I think uh, Nelson Aguilar. I mentioned uh, those passes over the middle. I think him and Zach Ertz will be used a lot in this one. But before we get into the trade news, uh, what is your prediction for uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I. I, I... I think this is going to be an, ex- an exceptional football game. Uh, I think the early part of the game, first quarter, is going to tell an awful lot. Uh, obviously, Colm, when you get into these kinds of games, championship games, turnovers become even more magnified. So, if, you know, who protects the ball best? Uh, who doesn't give up explosive plays? I think both teams will move the ball, and I think both teams will struggle to move the ball at times. So the ebb and flow of the game is going to be real important. I think New England will win in a close game, and I give them the edge because of coaching. You know, again, you're talking about a guy that's been to 10 Super Bowls, and, you know, they, they, these guys, nothing surprises them, nothing phases them. Uh, on the other hand, Doug has been to the Super Bowl as an assistant. He's never, you know, had to call the game, be the head coach, do all that stuff. And I, and I think you look at the history of teams that are, you know, coming to the Super Bowl for the first time, it, you know, it's, their winning percentage is not very good. So, Again, I think those things are the difference makers as you go look at this game very close. Yeah, and you mentioned there the, the turnover's been key. There is a stat uh, from uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, I, they sent me over their brochure during the week with lots of great stats. And in the postseason, a uh, two-plus turnover advantage leads to an 87% uh, win rate. So uh, pretty much if you get that uh, two or more advantage over your opponent, you're pretty much guaranteed to win when it comes to the postseason. So we'll see. I think that'll uh, probably be a case this weekend when we see in the Super Bowl who comes out on top with that turnover advantage. But let's get in to some of the the big news this week it wasn't really something we were expecting we had been you know doing the rumor mill where will uh, Alex Smith end up it was likely that he was going to be moved and we were talking about Kirk Cousins where might he go if he goes on free agency well it it took a big step forward this week with uh, Alex Smith being traded to the Washington Redskins and after that then he has signed himself a four-year 94 million dollar contract through 2020 with 71 million dollars guaranteed as part of the the trade uh, we've seen Fuller go the opposite way the cornerback who has been uh, very very good Kendall Fuller 2018 third round draft pick but he, he came in really really strong out of the gates and uh, was the fifth overall cover corner for pro football focus this year out of 121 cornerbacks so he's obviously uh, a big piece to be trading away helps the Chiefs but in terms of Alex Smith uh, and you know the team coming in we'll talk about Cousins in a minute but were you surprised at the amount of guaranteed money in this uh, were you surprised at the Redskins making this move to go for Smith rather than Cousins how do you think it, it shakes out over the next four years for for Washington and Alex Smith? 
Well, it was really almost surreal. The day the trade came down, we're on the NFL Network set, and and Alex was on our set. And I look and turn, I look over my shoulder, and no more than twenty meters away is Kirk Cousins, you know, doing a, a radio thing. And nobody knew at that time, and this is about two o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody knew at that time that the trade had happened. And I, it was obviously because of the way the NFL day works, you know, that at least they were in discussions about the trade at that time. You know, we come back after the, you know, in the evening and, you know, the, the story hit. And I thought to myself, those two guys who were so linked together at that very moment were doing work, you know, promoting the game 20, 20 meters away from one another and their lives were being impacted in a huge way. I talked to Lee Steinberg today, the agent for, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and I said, when did you find out that, that they had traded Alex and that your guy was now the guy in, in Kansas City? And he said, Jeff, neither of us found out about it until we saw it on the news. That's, that's how crazy this is. Here's my, here's my take. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I don't know what Kansas City doesn't like it about what Alex Smith did. I, I mean, you look at his year, I, no matter how you break it down, he had a great year. Uh, on the other hand, Kirk Cousins, same thing. How many yards you got to throw for? How many touchdowns you got to throw for to get a contract? I mean, you know, that guy got jerked around by Washington for the last three years. So for both of them, it's breath of fresh air. Both of them are obviously going to make a lot of money out of the deal, 71 million dollar guarantee for uh alex smith in washington because when you look at those salaries sometimes those can get a little bloated and inflated it's the guaranteed money that really matters now what does that mean to kirk cousins well it means he's now the only guy in my opinion because you can but teddy bridgewater's coming off the knee sam bradford's been hurt almost every year of his career you know again Case Keenum is not in that category. So you start looking at what's available to the Jets, the Broncos, all these quarterback-hungry teams, Cleveland, and it's really Kirk Cousins is the guy. So this is my prediction. It'll be $100 million plus guaranteed for uh, Cousins. He's young. He's got a lot of football in front of him. I think he'll, you know, the, log- the logical place, the logical landing platform would be Denver because he's got a Super Bowl ready team around him. Uh, obviously, Denver needs that. Um, but again, when they start waving cash at you, and you're talking about the Jets have a ton of cap space and Cleveland has a ton of cap space, you know, he's going to have to make some hard decisions about how important is winning and how important is, you know, is it, or is it just about the money? Yeah, you mentioned it there. That is what it's going to come down to. Is it about if it's about the money? Uh, we won't probably see him in Denver with their cap situation. But if it's about winning, we might see him end up there. And you know, he deserves to test the market based on the way the, the Washington Redskins treated him over the last couple of years. Didn't want to extend him. Didn't want to give him that long term contract. It's just a surprise that they go straight away and uh, give that long term four year contract with seventy one million guaranteed Alex Smith so quickly after refusing to give it to uh, Kurt Cousins over that time. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, over the next couple of weeks but I think he's uh, I would have to say the best quarterback to hit free agency probably in the last 
uh, 10 years would you agree with that and you know you mentioned 100 plus million i think he's really going to reset the market here because the ball is in his court there's so many teams the jets the broncos the cardinals the jaguars the browns the bills the vikings so many teams need a quarterback so he really should uh, reset the quarterback market with this dude i don't i don't think there's any question call i think that's what we're headed for and uh you know, good for Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's paid his dues. He's been a been a good guy. He's, you know, he's done things the right way. You know, I, I mean, he's, I don't know. Same thing. You look at the two situations, you just shake your head. I mean, for Kansas City, now you're throwing your, you know, you're in the Super Bowl window with the talent you got around him. Now you're throwing your lot with uh, really a kid who's got a lot of, you know, got a lot of arm candy and all that. But, you know, he hasn't done it yet. And so, you know, will he do it? We'll see. You go the other direction, and you know, it's it just Washington. You're going to go to now. You're going to bring in a whole new guy. All your receivers going to have to learn a new guy. I mean, why? I mean, it, it just sometimes you shake your head and you wonder why. And and but it's the business of the business, and you know, it's why uh, why general managers get paid a lot of money too. Yeah, it's pretty insane too when you think back, uh, drafted in the same draft class as RG3 for Washington, and the the team just never really took to him, even when he overtook RG3. It just, they never really seemed to buy all in, so we'll see where he ends up. You mentioned there Patrick Mahomes, uh, obviously he's going to be the starter for the Chiefs in 2018, and um, you know he comes in with uh, a lot of ability, a lot of uh, arm talent, can pretty much make all the throws. But coming in, I'm sure he's going to have grown pains this upcoming season, but there is such, such high upside. What do you think of the move there with him coming in in his second year to, to be the starter? Well, he's big. He's very athletic. You know, his father played Major League Baseball. He uh, has an arm. He throw the ball 80 yards. You know, and I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. He can throw the ball 80 yards. He is kind of a, kind of a, you know, wild horse a little bit. He, He's not a finished player yet by a long shot. And again, but I think he gives them certainly uh, a, a vertical threat right out of the gate. Cause you know, even when you watched him in preseason, the first thought he had was go deep where I think Alex has, you know, been raised through his time in the national football league to get the ball out of my hands, you know, throw on rhythm, you know, be good in the short and intermediate areas. Here's the, here's the reality. Right, we talk about throwing the ball down the field. I was talking to uh, Matt Sheldon, who's the director of football research. Last night, we had dinner together with the Dolphins, and I he, he had a statistic for me that blew me away. Blew me away. In 2016, he hadn't done the final for 2017 yet, but in 2016, 66 percent of all the throws in the National Football League—I'm talking about every throw in the league—were thrown under 10 yards. I mean, that's a phenomenal number when you start thinking about it. So that's not just, you know, that's thrown. That's not completed. That's thrown. So when you start factoring that in, you realize that the ball doesn't get pushed down the field very much in this league. Why? Because you can't protect. So it's great that you can throw the ball 80 yards, but, you know, you, you, you better be able to hold up in your protection to give the quarterback time to take his five and hitch and, you know, shuffle up in the pocket and let it go. Because, I mean, even Tyreek Hill, <laughs> it takes him a little while to get 80 yards. <laughs> you know, he's not going to get down there and he's not going to get down there in two seconds. 
Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a combination of the players coming in out of college uh, at the offensive line position not being fully developed and then the quarterbacks maybe not being fully developed and having to check the ball down a lot. So uh, a very good point there. Just want to get your thoughts uh, before we wrap up here on the coaching hires over the last couple of weeks. Is there anything that really stood out as uh, good or bad for the teams? And uh, is there any of them that uh, have made it to uh, head coaching or coordinator roles that you've worked with in the past? All right, I'm going to tell you a story, and I, I can't tell you the teams because I would be uh, <laughs> giving away information that I was that I was told not to or asked not to. But I was, we had a dinner last night. A bunch of us coaches got together, and, and uh, we're talking, and uh, I heard uh, about the difference in interviews this year. One, one place uh, in the NFC, um, the interview was conducted on the couch, just like you were sitting in somebody's living room and just, you know, visiting for three hours. No, you know, no line of questioning, no, none of it, right? Just kind of a get to know you, give and take, give, yeah, very casual. The other one, uh, you walked in, you sat down, there was a tripod, you know, two feet away from you with a camera and there, you know, four people in the room, all of them had the same questions and they went alternated one, two, three, four, asking you questions while they, while they, uh, while they filmed your face in, in, in tight, you know, in tight photo. And then there was another guy in the room and his job was to read your body language. So it, it, there's, <laughs> this is such a, you know, crazy thing the way out, how, how it works. Different organizations have philosophically different, you know, ways of doing things. The key thing is find an organization that works for the guy that's got the job. Now, I think, I think you you know you look at Nagy. I think he's going to be a good good head coach for Chicago. He's ready to be a head coach. He's called plays. He's offensive minded. He's got a young kid in Trubisky who has a lot of ability. So I can see that you know that being a good one. I think Shermer has shown us that he's grown since his time in Cleveland. Uh, you know I'm I'm really anxious to see uh, you know what goes on in Detroit. You know Matt Patricia you know, basically uh, young in it, young in it, really, and uh, having an opportunity to be a head coach that, you know, what's he going to bring to Detroit? They've got to find a running game and they got to play better, you know, up front, you know, so, but he has a guy in Quinn he knows and a guy that knows him, which is, which is critical. Then you go to, you know, you go to Tennessee and, and Mike Brable, I mean, shoots, Mike Brable two years ago was coaching college football at Ohio State. He was a coordinator for one year and he gets heads up. Not to say he's not ready, but even his ex-teammate, Teddy Bruschi, who I talked to the other night, I asked him, I said, what do you think about Branch getting that job? And he said, hey, let me tell you something. Mike Brable, when we were together in uh, New England, everybody thinks I was a smart guy. I said, and when we sit in meetings, I'd look at Brave and say, hey, Brave, what are they talking about here? He said, but I'll also tell you that he doesn't have a lot of experience. So he's going to need to put a great staff together and, you know, if he can, I think he's, a, he's shown he's a great leader. Obviously, he's been around the league. He's going to have cred, street cred, in, at least initially, with the players. And, you know, you, that's, that's an interesting comment, too, or, you know, thing. Calm. If you're an ex-player, you have a little bit of street cred with the players at the start. But right away, players want to know, can you help me get better? Can you help me stay in paychecks? And can you help us win? If you can't, it doesn't matter what you did. You can be... You know, you could have been a Hall of Fame player. You could have been President of the United States. You could have been anything. They're not interested in, in you if you can't help them get better. 
Lots and lots of lots and lots of great information, Jeff. As always, it's been my pleasure yet again to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're very busy this week over there uh, in Radio Row over at the Super Bowl, so it's been a pleasure. And I don't normally do this, but since the last time you were on, Jeff, obviously we had uh, the sad passing of your uh, you know co-anchor on the, the NFL show, Kevin Cadell. And it, I don't know, I've never done this before and dedicated a show to one person, but he has been on our podcast before. He was a friend to so many people in the NFL UK community and a close friend of yours. So I'd like to dedicate this Super Bowl edition of the OTI podcast to kevin cadell and uh, thank you jeff as well for your your time and uh, as always coming on to to be part of the show nah man it's my pleasure and what a class thing to do for kevin i appreciate that man thanks jeff for your time it's always a pleasure having you on the show of course follow jeff on twitter at jeff underscore rainbow one of the real good guys i remember back to starting off the podcast a long long time ago over four years ago and uh looking for guests and i was having people come on and i was having shows sometimes with myself trying to get different guests from around the community uh, obviously uh, some of them might have been lower on the totem pole but jeff uh, was quite a big fish at the time and i uh, jumped aboard and uh, some of those uh, audio listening <laughs> they don't go back jeff was obviously great but my uh Hopefully I've improved a lot over that time, but in the early days, guys like Jeff, guys like Adam Rank were uh, willing to jump aboard the show here with me and obviously give me the confidence, help me move forward and progress, get my audience uh, started off, and I do really appreciate all that. So hopefully he enjoys uh, the Super Bowl over there in Radio Row. I know I've been following his Twitter account very, very busy this week, like myself, but unfortunately for me, I'm not getting to go to the Super Bowl. I'm getting to do it all from my own house. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying this show. Hopefully you will hit that subscribe button and come back when we do uh, the next show i need to check in on that twitter feed as to when the next show will be i'm sure i probably will have a super bowl recap show next week but i've mentioned on the last couple of shows a baby on the way and i'm starting a new podcast which will be going up on both youtube and i'll be tweeting it out through that overtime ireland twitter handle but it might be under a different podcast feed so i'm still working on that i'm planning on getting it all started over the weekend and finalizing it but the first one of those will be coming out next week a lot of guys from around the fantasy football community will be talking with me about parenthood not talking about fantasy football but the first show will be scott fish so do check that out we have guys coming on like rotopat i have matt kelly who i know a lot of you like to hear me mixing it up with fantasy mansion uh, the the man over there at roto underworld we have uh, mike taglier adam rank lots of different voices coming on so it's going to be a fun one and uh, going to be a little bit of a different take so i will possibly be taking a couple of weeks hiatus from this one to do that one but we'll see how it goes uh, in the next couple of weeks so make sure you are subscribed and that is the best way to get the podcast once it comes live each and every week here at overtime ireland stay tuned to that twitter feed which is at Overtime Ireland and until I'm back with the next show whether that's next week or a couple of weeks down the line have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an Overtime Ireland production